Hello, everybody. You're listening to the Cast Bros. I'm Andrew Castro. And I'm Adam Castro. Andrew, how are you doing, man? I am excited to go home. Woo! I got tested today so that I can In algebra or uh, algebra or English or what? COVID-19. Oh, you got the COVID-19 test. Did you pass? I don't know. Yeah, I just took it today, shoved a cotton swab up my nose. Fun. Uh, but cool. it's... Uh, yeah, just so I can, just so I make sure I don't get all y'all sick when I go back. If 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 in fact I have it, which I'm very sure that I don't. How many tests uh, have you uh, had so far? This is my second one. So uh, what is the experience with going through a COVID nineteen test? So I do it through CVS. I don't I don't go to any of the fast uh, the fast ones. You show up, they give you a baggie through like a mail slot. Uh, you know, like you you see uh, prisoners get their food. It's you put it in a, in a, on a tray, you open the case, and they pull it out of there. Uh-huh. You pull a bag out. There's, two, there's a big bag and a smaller bag. In the big bag, you pull a cotton swab. You shove it up your nose as far back as you can get it, oh. spin it around, do the same thing in the other nostril, spin it around, and then break the tip off into a little test tube thing. Oh. You, close you close it up, you put it in the smaller bag, and then you roll it up with a rubber band around it, and then you drop it in a box. That's... That's all it takes. It's just waiting for waiting in line is probably the longest part because people line up all the way around the CVS to get their tests. Well, that's why I try to stay that that's gross. That sounds horrible. Uh, it's okay. I, depending, depending on uh, whether or not you trim, it's very uncomfortable <laughs> doing the spinning and it's just very irritating. I don't know. It's weird. But uh, right. yeah, we got the test. I'm ready to go home on Friday. Uh, oh yeah, I'm gonna be driving driving back after class. But yeah, that's that's what I got planned for this week. What about you, man? How's uh, married life? Married life is great, um, dude. I'm getting old, man. I ha- I've been I've been <laughs> waiting to tell you this, dude. I've, there's so many things that are happening right now, uh, or that have been happening in the last couple of months slash this year. That I'm just like, what the heck is wrong with me? Uh, I experienced acid reflux for the first time this year, and uh, of course, it's it was due to all of my uh, all of my uh, icy and ice pop ice cream things, right? Um, and uh, I think it was a mixture of the ice cream and Coke Zeros all together, and I, I just got acid reflux for the first time. I thought I was gonna die. I th- all I honestly the, all was the like, things without sugar in them that you constantly wolf down, go through a case of uh, Coke Zeros in two days, go through all of the popsicles in a night. Yeah, dude, I was overdoing it. Only a matter it. of who, time. Who knew? Uh, <laughs> but I, I had acid reflux. For the, dude, I was like so scared. I was like, is this going to be my life forever? Is not being able to burp without feeling pain? And then, uh, and then the other day, actually, before I say that, um, I, I got my first, um, I got my first eye exam. You were there, um, for not my first eye exam, but my first, like, it was me initiating the eye exam because, um, because I got floaters in my eyes. And so I was seeing little, little specks that I thought were bugs, but they actually were floaters. And so that was, that was going on. And then the other day, dude, I kid you not, I kid you not. Okay. Partially this is my fault because, um, once I started, this is really embarrassing, but I, I drink Coke Zero in the shower. Um, 
I take Coke. Come Coke, on. I take Coke Zero with me in That's the shower. Too far. Well, come on. You're you're standing there waiting for the shower to warm up, right? Where Why do you not put it? take you put it on that that little window that's over the top of where your shower is? Yeah, yeah, I got a little it. place to oh put uh, to put. So <laughs> don't don't picture this or anything, but um, <laughs> but I I open up the shower curtain, right? I'm mm-hmm. holding a Coke Zero and my phone because I, I like to scroll through Instagram as I'm uh, waiting for the. I I I make use of my time, okay? Um, <laughs> I open up the curtain, right? I step in. And I kid you not, dude, I slip, <laughs> I slipped in the shower and I was like, I'm, I'm on, I'm on the shower tub floor and I'm like, life alert. <laughs> like where's, my, where's my life alert? What's the, what's the commercial where the old lady's on the ground? She's like, I've, I've fallen, fallen and, and I can't, can't get, get up. up. <laughs> See, that always makes me think of the, oh man, the FM static song. Which one? Which one? Or is it if I'm static? I think so. Tonight I've fallen and I can't get up. I need your loving hands to come and pick me up. That one. Yep, that's FM static. That is tonight. <laughs> that is tonight. Oh yeah, one of my favorite songs. Yeah, that's been that's what's been going on with me, man. Life alert, falling in the shower, can't see, and. Uh, and of course, uh, eating too many Coke Zero, eating too much ice cream and drinking too much Coke Zero, man. That's living the life. I forgot what caused it, but it wasn't too long ago. I kind of did the same thing. Uh, I got, I think it was after, the, I think it was after the pool. I got in the shower and you, uh, Adam knows this. We don't have a bath mat in our shower. We have like very lightly coursed uh, tub floors. Yeah. And I yeah. think, I, oh yeah, I was cracking my back. I was cracking my back in the shower and it was, I was like, okay, I feel pain I in my back. I, I just want to get out of the pool. I don't even know how you could mentally picture that. I don't know what, <laughs> I don't like, you were cracking your back in the shower. I think, I think I was just doing the twist. I was just, oh, okay. I'm like, I cracked my back by like putting my back up against something and then oh, like opening up. So I was just like, what no, the I heck were you doing, doing that on? I was doing the twist <laughs> and then all of a sudden I slip. And I catch myself, and I look back. I was like an inch and a half from hitting the spigot. Uh, an inch and a half away from being a, a the Final Destination uh, episode. Yeah, Final Destination movie. Pretty much. Oh man, this is why you. This is why you. You need to uh, do your push-ups. Okay, if you do your push-ups, then you can you can ca- do Batman push-ups where he just falls and catches himself in the push-up. If you practice that, then you're good. You're good to go. Whew. Or just get life alert. We're not sponsored. We're not sponsored unfortunately. at all. <laughs> all right. And if, uh, and if life alert ever hears this and you put that song to your commercial, we will be forever grateful. Oh yeah. All right, Andrew, <laughs> you know how we like to start things off. What are we drinking? We, I, I need to wake up. That's, that's what I'm drinking. Uh, actually, this is a new one. I haven't tried it. Okay, it's not new. I just haven't tried it. It's called Ultraviolet, and it's part of the Ooh. Monster Ultra series. It's purple, which is why I didn't go for it for the longest time. Uh, I, I think I've told Adam this. A long time ago, I used to really like grape soda, and then around middle school, I, whenever I would drink it, it would make me lightheaded, and I had no idea why, and I just completely avoided it after that. So I just assume everything that's purple is grape flavored and I avoid it at all costs. How does it taste? Tastes like grape soda. 
All right. <laughs> hey, at least it, at least it's the color of your school, GCU. You know what? Yep. Actually, I was just thinking about it right now when I saw that. Did you go to GCU because you were raised to to uh, believe that there was no purple? No one's gonna. You know what? You joke. know what I'm talking. No about? one's gonna get that joke. We so, we went to a we went to a camp uh, called called a Awana camp slash Summit Leadership Camp, uh, and it eventually became Awana Leadership Camp. Oh really? Um, yeah. And at this camp, we wanted to make sure that there was room for Jesus between everybody. Okay. There, and, there are rules against exclusive guys and girls hanging out. Make room for Jesus. A foot across for a foot uh, long Bible. We were practicing social distancing before it was cool, okay? <laughs> um, yeah, we, we made sure. And, and there were even more rules, like you, you had to make sure that you had sleeves on your shirt, mm -hmm. uh, no tank tops, um, you know, li little things like that. But Basically high school, the, the, the rules, except actually enforced. Yeah, actually enforced. Anyways, we, part of the rules was that if you were going to go uh, in, a, in a small group, you either had to be a boy and a boy, or a girl and a girl, and you couldn't be a boy and a girl going off alone. And what they basically did was that boys were blue and girls were pink. And if you mix blue and pink, it creates purple. And so that was a rule: is that there was no pur there was no purple that was supposed to be going on there at the camp. You weren't going to camp to meet your your future wife, okay? You were going there to learn about God, and scope out who your potential may be in the future after camp wife was going to be <laughs> not <laughs> not not really going out and it wasn't supposed to be dating basically so no we, they were they were they were trying to get away from exclusivity for a number of reasons they wanted people to hang out in more than just groups of two that kind of thing yeah so so andrew grew up knowing that we're not supposed to be uh doing purple and uh there he goes going to a school where purple's everywhere I'm sure figuratively and literally purple is everywhere. It is. It is. Uh, my roommate is on our esports team and he hangs up his uh, jersey in the room like it's a painting. So that's the first thing I see every morning. All right. Well, this is what it looks like, by the way, to have blue and uh, red separated by Jesus. <laughs> so <laughs> Social, social distancing at its finest. Red, white, and blue, right here. I got the Liberty Pop going on. I've been addicted to this uh, Rocket Pop flavor. I've really been addicted. It's been a new you addiction a of mine. I I have found three or four different energy drinks that all have the same flavor, and I've been basically cycling them out the past like three weeks. So that's why so you. Now been... I have to try it when I go home. Yeah, you you have to try them all. Actually, we should like race to see who can finish them all. Uh, in one sitting and, and just down 800 milligrams of caffeine all at once. Why, why, why spread it out throughout the day? Yeah. There's like four drinks. Each one of them is like 200 milligrams. Okay. Maybe one or two of them has 300, but who's counting? <laughs> I'm down. I'm down. I'm down to see who can do that. All right. Well, we got some interesting news this week and, uh, we're going to reveal it right after this. I thought it'd be a good idea to uh, introduce a new song to you guys. We've mentioned Skillet. We've mentioned Cutlass. Uh, we've mentioned a lot of awesome uh, Christian bands, but I like this idea of showing you guys uh, live performances, especially since, um, especially since 
COVID-19 has decimated the live uh, music industry. Uh, and we really haven't had a chance to go to any concerts. And the next best thing that you can do is at least see some live music. So again, if you guys are listening to this uh, podcast on a podcast app, um, go ahead, scroll down and click the watch this episode. And you can go ahead and see this in YouTube if you want to watch this video. Uh, it's a little bit more interactive. It's a little bit more fun between us and you. Um, or you can continue listening. You can listen to the song and hear us chatter about it. But this is one of the best songs ever in Christian music by Skillet, and it is called Comatose. And uh, this song in particular um, is from the live album called Comatose Comes Alive. So the album is called Comatose, the song is called Comatose, and the live album is called Comatose Comes Alive. And... Uh, Gosh, I, I don't even know how many years old this is, but it's pretty old, but they still play it live. We know because we were there when they played it. I think in February. Comatose, the album came out around the time I was born. Probably. Probably. Yeah. But uh, here you guys go. This is Comatose with the intro. So this was the very first song in this video. I hope you guys like it. <laughs> Oh, do you feel it? This is one of my favorite albums. Oh, yeah. So they've got two players right now a violin player and a cello player i want to believe that they're mic'd up but i have no clue they did it for uh this album and i think another one didn't they where they had uh they had uh classical players along with their bands right oh yeah well it looks amazing to see a violin player mm -hmm. there with a with a rock group you know One more element to just—it's just amazing to watch. Yeah. Here. Oh, the goosebumps! This—this this is another song that is so simple, but it's so powerful. The chords aren't hard at all. It's just, it's just a great song, though. Before the beard. Before the beard. <laughs> I 
this album was one of the first albums where I found out that he pre-recorded a lot of the vocals, the background vocals, and even the main vocals. Um, and you know, Ben Kasica, the guitarist, wasn't singing at all, so you kind of need those background vocals in there. But that's what you're hearing. Makes it easier to do the the live shows. It's just because yeah. I remember thinking one of the earlier concerts that I went to for Skillet. I remember thinking. I still hear the bass, but his hand's not playing the bass. So yeah, I honestly think I was the too bass, young to understand how live concerts work. Yeah, I honestly think the bass is pre-recorded, and some obviously a lot of the strings are pre-recorded, and then a lot of his vocals are pre-recorded. And that's that's not to, to disvalue anything here. They no, still no. write the music. So they still play the music. They played it yeah. played it beautifully, whether it's recorded beforehand or after. And then the showmanship that they present at the concerts. Oh yeah. Because it's kind of you have to separate one from the other, but they do both amazingly. Absolutely. It just creates a more full experience when they're playing live. Absolutely. And you can still tell that he is still singing. They're still playing. They're still doing Especially Jen Ledger, the guitar, the, the drummer. You, I mean, drenching in sweat, I'm sure, by the first song from uh, her playing out, you know? I think drums are the only thing that you cannot uh, fake at a live concert. No, you can't. <laughs> now we we heard this song live in February this year, and it's just so electric. Everybody, everybody screams those words out, man. Ugh. And I was telling Adam, I normally don't like uh, live videos of music, only because I prefer to be in the concert. I want to feel my internals or my internal organs shake every time the bass is playing, oh, yeah. and that feeling just makes it complete for me. And I get that every single time we're at a skill concert, even when they play their slow songs, I get that much more into it. Yeah. And I'm glad we went to that concert before COVID hit. That was very lucky timing. Oh yeah. Oh man, good stuff, man. Good stuff. Yeah, it it's it's one thing to see it and to and to hear it through headphones and yeah, it's a completely different thing to feel it, to feel it in your bones uh and just be moved by it. But uh I I'm grateful that we, we were able to go to that concert. But yeah, Comatose, one of the best songs ever. So simple, uh so powerful. It's got the strings, it's got the the I think it's tuned down to uh, to B tuning, so a nice, deep, simple, solid song with a with a you know. I don't want to say it's it's uh, it's too cryptic of a message there. You know, I, I don't want to sleep. I don't want to dream unless I feel you next to me. You take the pain I feel, and waking up to you has never felt so real. Realizing that waking up to really the I mean the truth of of uh, of God and and. I think when they went into Awaken Alive after Comatose, it's kind of it's kind of funny the way that those two albums played off of each other, going from Comatose to Awaken Alive. Um, I think that that's really what the song was speaking to: is that when you are finally awake to the truth of God, or you're awake to um, the relationship that you can have with God, that now life is worth living. Now, now you don't have to feel this pain. You don't have to be asleep through life. You don't have to feel this, this sadness and depress, 
the, the depressed feelings that you may have of not finding peace or not finding hope. So I mean, this is another perfect example of what we talked about a minute ago, where you can take it out of context. People, non-believers who don't know that Skilled is a Christian band very well might take that to be talking about a woman waking up next to you. You take this pain away. Right, right. Quite frankly, nobody can do what God can do in our lives. And that's that's represented throughout the rest of the album. Better than drugs. Uh, Comatose. uh, What was another one that was specifically about... That it's it's that that whole album is just uh, whatever you can even you're say going last through. night, right? Last night, yeah. It's the last night you'll spend alone, living uh, anything that you're going through, anything that the world will give you to fill that hole. I feel down. Here's alcohol. I feel useless. Here's drugs. I feel worthless. Here's money. None of that can fill the hole, the God-sized hole in our hearts. Yeah, you know, like and that. and uh, and I think a lot of people do go to relationships to try to fill that that hole that's another one yeah um they try to go to their you know guys will try to find a a girl that will give them love or or give them affection to try to take away the issues that they have in their hearts or the same thing for women women will go to men to um to try to find that sense of identity or value uh or affection and love um and even though you know God does say in the Bible that a relationship between a husband and a wife should be like the church, right? It should be like Christ in the church. So there, there's a reason why some of those feelings are there. Like it's not, it's not a horrible thing that you can draw similarities between those two kinds of relationships because honestly, uh, husbands and wives should be reflecting that relationship between Christ and the church. Absolutely. But that does not mean that husbands and wives can be Christ for each other, can be God for each other. That's not at all what that relationship is supposed to be. And um, yeah, so when we finally realize that, no, we are not going to be able to find peace or hope or ultimate fulfillment in another person, um, and we, but we can find that in God, that wakes us up to that truth. So if you didn't know... And now, you know, <laughs> anyways, uh, yeah, as you can tell, we really like that album. Uh, we'll probably be bringing it up even more so in the future, but, uh, Andrew, we, uh, we put out a reaction video for the, the new Cutlass music coming out and they I can't, saw I can't really speak to the conversation because you're the one who had the conversation with them, uh-huh. but after reading, uh, what was said between I think I can call it our social media and theirs uh it was mostly Adam but I am very excited I don't fanboy a lot but I can say that I was very excited to hear that uh, Cutlass actually responded to our review of their song and they loved it yeah we're we were excited about that. I mean, we're we're not we haven't been really established as a podcast. We haven't really been established as a YouTube channel or anything. We don't have a crazy amount of followers or anything like that. Um, but it, it's really cool to at least see that um, that we've got some some eyes on us and that what we have been putting out is is um, an encouragement to the band. Honestly, if we can be any encouragement to any music group at all, especially someone like Cutlass, then I'm happy about that for sure. 
Because especially I want at a them... time like right now with COVID, yeah. where everyone's where this would be the best time to make new music, or at the very least, this is where people need their hopes raised. Yeah, I definitely want them to uh, feel encouraged. I want them to keep doing what they're doing um, and following the call that God has led them into. So yeah, I'm super excited about, um, them enjoying what we were able to put out. Um, we even, we even let them know like, Hey, if you ever want to be a guest on our podcast, we would be love to have them on. So, um, they're going to be putting out new music and, you know, honestly, what we want to do as far as the music side of this podcast is show you guys some great music by great, uh, great people, not even just specifically Christian music, but just good music in general. Um, and they are definitely uh, a group of guys that put out amazing, influential, uplifting, encouraging music. And as they continue to put out new stuff, we are going to share it with you guys. We will continue to do reactions and get the word out for you guys to know who this band is. And, uh, you know, Andrew was telling me before we got on here that not a lot of people know about about uh, Cutlass over at his school. And, yeah, and we're a private Christian university. I would imagine that some somebody, uh, the band that was so influential in a lot of uh, early Christian rock music and or just early Christian music, Strong Tower, uh, God of Wonders, th- those songs that I that was those weren't even just me growing up with music that was me growing up at church we would play those in church for some of our services and it was amazing because they were able to capture not just related to us but capture messages that some hymns couldn't and uh going out and telling people because i was very excited when uh, we got a message back from them um i started telling i was i was i I wasn't bragging but i was very excited i was telling people and they're had no idea who Cutlass was. And my my roommate had said that he maybe heard one song ever. And I showed them the Hearts of the Innocent album and he loved it. Yeah. Yeah. And the, and you know what? I'm sure there's way, way more bands that, that uh, this generation's Christian rock listeners probably don't even know about. I, I follow a couple of the uh, Christian rock pages on Instagram and they didn't know about bands like Waverly or um, A Current Affair or just some other bands that were that were uh, forming as I was growing up. Um, And and yeah, so we want to share that kind of stuff with you. I do, man. I'm old, dude. It's it's happening, man. Uh, (laughs) I'm 20 years (laughs) old and I'm feeling nostalgic about this. Yeah, it's it's, you know, age age will creep up on you. I'm telling you, but um, I'm excited and happy that they are continually putting out music and continue continuing to do that. So, uh, Cutlass, if you're listening to us, we're we're gonna keep sharing your music and sharing your stuff. Um, and hopefully, in the future, we'll be able to share more uh, more music that speaks to people and is relevant. Keep, that's still keep, relevant today. Like all of this music that's been put out years and years and years and years is still relevant today. That we can that we can um, meditate on the words of those casting crown songs. And, and those were songs that I was listening to like when I was like, I want to say eight, like, you know, 20 years ago. Um, so yeah, we, all we, we ask is keep giving us more to love. That's That's all we ask. That's right. Keep making the good music. Um, speaking of great bands and speaking of great music, um, Disciple is having another one of their live uh, concert events that you can watch 
um, via live stream. And it's actually going to be November 21st at 7 p.m. Central Time. It's the uh, Andrew. Did you ever hear the album called uh, Horseshoes and Hand Grenades? A little bit of it. It's a, it's a, it's barely a memory, but it's a fond memory. That's the one that with sense. Dear X and uh, yes. Invisible. Dear X, Invisible, uh, uh, not Inhuman. Uh, what am I thinking of? Uh, Battle Lines is one. Inhuman. That they have. Uh, yeah, deafening. It's great. It's a great album. Got got a lot of really good songs. Um, you know what? We should do a we should do a reaction uh, next next week to um, Dear X because that's actually a really really good song. Let's that's just, one let's just the... make a goal. Find all of the old bands. Oh, okay, not old <laughs> bands, but the bands that we grew up with, and do one song from each. That's just. Oh yeah, we should definitely let's, do that. Let's let's show everybody what we grew up on, why we're as crazy as we are. Uh, <laughs> what 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 uh formed our tastes yes um yeah we should and i think disciples really been on the mark with this whole covid thing because like we were saying there hasn't been any live concerts since covid hit but they've been i think this is their third or fourth right this is their fourth no no this is their third i'm actually i lost count they, they've just been on it they've been continuing to put out great live performances they didn't miss a beat and it's amazing yeah i mean i think I think they really do see what they do as a ministry and they want to connect with people. They want to give their fans what they want. And I think that when the idea came about to uh, do a live stream and it was thrown out to everybody and they said, yeah, of course we'll watch it. And then they got such a great uh, reaction from people um, on their first one. And so they want to do it again. I, I just think they ran with it and found a system that works. They have a lot of their people over in Nashville who just have the setups and have everything that they need to do it, I guess. And it's worked. It's, it's definitely worked for them. So I'm excited. I'm going to keep, I'm going to keep giving them my money. <laughs> That's for sure. Um, if they continue to do this now, the really cool thing about this performance is that they're going to have the original players from that album, um, go with them over to, uh, Nashville and play the the songs. So I don't know if you remember the the trucker guys. I don't, do you remember when we, when we first saw this new album and they had these new players with them? There was this guy who wore like a trucker hat and had uh, flannel on, and it looked totally weird compared to everybody else in the band wearing like skinny jeans and everything. It was after Southern Hospitality, and this whole album had a very Southern twist to it with amazing solos. Um, I think the, the guitar player's name is Andrew Welsh. Um, and when I first saw him playing with the band, he, he wore a trucker hat and had a flannel shirt. And uh, I think even like baggy jeans, like he, he did not fit the disciple emo rock band, like <laughs> look, he just didn't fit. Um, and then like by the third concert that I saw disciple, he was in a black t-shirt and skinny jeans. So they converted him to, <laughs> <laughs> to the rock like, no, scene no, no. attire they, they saw his outfit we don't do that here we don't. <laughs> we don't do that here. so uh so yeah anyways they're gonna have those original players it's gonna be really exciting and one of those original players uh let me make sure i've got his name correctly here it, I, this is this is actually a lot of fun info micah sanin 
uh, I think that's what his name is, Micah Sandin. He was actually a guitar player for Falling Up. And this is the guy who would do crazy things like backflips off of guitars, backflips off of speakers. This guy was just insane amount of energy on on the stage he had these crazy facial expressions like it was just so much fun to watch him play live um that's that's actually like that on stage i know right uh that's actually something that we can that we can show next week uh because oh it's just uh it's just so awesome Um, so yeah this is a this is a great chapter in disciples history and i'm really happy to, to see that they're bringing those guys on and then the um the current members of the band are still going to be there to play some of their new music that they just released in their love letter kill kill shot uh, deluxe version so those three songs that they released called darkness dies enemy and kingdom come great songs all three of them are great songs if you haven't heard them go to their go to their instagram or go to their spotify or youtube or whatever and look up darkness dies enemy and kingdom come great new song so we're because you've been, more, you've been more exposed to them than I have over the years, which was your favorite album? Ooh. Ooh, that's a tough one. They, they've got, I think, like 10 albums. They've got a lot of out. Al- they've been around for a long time. I think, I think their first album was like 1999. Um, I think mine is either Horseshoes and Hand Grenades or uh, Oh God Save Us All. Yeah, um, Disciple is a very interesting Christian band because um, they they like to change their style every once in a while, and they also like to change the way that they write lyrics. They have some albums where the lyrics are a little bit more cryptic. They're a little bit more. Um, they're a little bit more. Uh, life and relationship based and then they've got some albums that are just about them and God they've got they've got some that are very um, that are very uh, blunt and very like we are going to just make this like a rock worship song or a rock worship album that is not like conventional worship but um, yeah if, if, if I had to say I'm not even saying this is my favorite album because they've got some a lot of really great albums and it's really hard to choose just one. But if I had to say that there's one album that describes Disciple the best, it would be Attack, um, their album Attack. Because in that album, they have some songs that are relationship-based and some songs that are very vertical. We, we, they, they actually define it this way and, and this is how you would define it. There's horizontal songs horizontal songs that are like my relationship with my family or my friends or my wife or my girlfriend or my you know people around me horizontal um my relationship with the world my my relationship with the homeless with the poor with the the my enemies with like those are very horizontal relationship kind of songs and then there's vertical which is my relationship with god um how i view god how god views me um how I feel when I'm far away from God, how I feel when I'm close to God, very vertical message kind of songs. And they just do a great job of creating songs that are, that are speaking to both kinds of situations in life. So attack is probably the best blend of those two things in one album. So any writer of a song has to balance 
uh, how how does this make sense to me and how is this going to make sense to our listeners and do we make this cryptic? Do we make this non-cryptic? Do we uh, use imagery that makes sense or maybe the imagery doesn't make sense? You know, um, so I, I think it's an art that some people hit on the nail um, and, you know, write, writers of songs like um, Reliant K, Amberlynn, writers of songs like um, Emery is a great is a great example of that. Um, I skillet and a lot of their music. They've gotten super cheese balls uh, in the <laughs> in their recent albums. Uh, very radio friendly, um, but you know there's there's some great great songs by a lot of different artists. And Disciple is like right there with great music that they write. And the really cool thing too is that Kevin Young, the singer of Disciple, in every single one of their albums, in every single one of the books that come with the CDs, you know, there's there's something called CDs um, for all you kids that don't know. Um, the, it's there's these little circles that come in these cases and on the outside of these cases are these little booklets where they put the lyrics to the songs. There's this thing called lyrics, which, which are words <laughs> to songs that have messages to them. The, the, the uh, thing you're supposed <laughs> to be hearing when the sound is going, yeah. where nowadays it's, it's just white noise. That's, right. the, that's, those sound more like instruments now than they used to. Yeah, but, but the CDs are, uh, they have the booklets in them and in those booklets are the lyrics and next to the lyrics, Kevin Young actually puts the verses that he got a lot of the inspiration from uh, for, for writing these songs. And, and they actually have on their website, on their Instagram that they post, um, they actually have forums where they discuss the meanings behind their songs, um, where they were spiritually while they wrote these songs, what they intended with it. So um, a lot of thought and a lot of heart goes into a lot of these songs. And, you you know... I think that uh, Kevin Young has a lot of pastoral intention when he writes these songs. Uh, if you've ever been to a Disciple concert, he takes a good like 10 to 20 minutes of, uh, of bringing out the Bible and talking about um, what God has been wanting or calling him to share with the people in front of him during that time. And it's and even a beautiful in thing. Streams, even in the live streams, he's taking... Oh, yeah to talk to the audience and tell them about current events where sometimes we just need God. Sometimes we just need to hear it. And even if it's not in church, if it's in the middle of a concert where you're just listening to good music and uh, whether or not you're in the room with them, you're fellowshipping with other people every once in a while, we need to be reminded of God's message. Yeah. They, they have definitely been a group that, when they have an audience's attention on them for their music and for their skills and their performance, that they will take that attention and bring it to God and bring it to his word. Um, and that's been, that's been something that, that has been great to see, great to hear, and uh, even great to be a part of when, when we used to see them live. So, um, so yeah. And as um, Christians, we appreciate that that much more because that just means they recognize that that's the gift God gave them. And it's not meant to glorify them. It's meant to glorify him. Absolutely. So they are doing uh, Horseshoes and Hand Grenades, another great album of theirs um, in its entirety in that live stream. And that will be November 21st. So go to their website. I think their website is called uh, www.discipleRocks.com. So 
and their their Instagram is Disciple Rocks. So make sure you check them out. So speaking of things coming up and things that have already happened, by the time that this comes out, uh, Amy Barrett will have been confirmed as our uh, as our Supreme Court Justice. That's right. And not a lot of people are happy about it. No. Uh, I've I've only seen an interview with Nancy Pelosi where she equates it to a dismantling of our checks and balances system of this country. But that's incorrect in the sense that it is completely within the president's power to nominate a Supreme Court justice. And then it becomes the Senate's job to decide whether they become confirmed or they don't. If anything, this is just a perfect exercise of the checks and balances system that we have in this country. At the very least, it's just a perfect example of that exercise of power. You're so insensitive, Andrew. Um, <laughs> you're so insensitive to the feelings of the country. Yeah, I, I don't, I don't legally see anything wrong with it. Constitutionally, see anything wrong with it. And the only things that people are upset about is, is that you know now this means that there is a majority of conservative judges, right, and and an overwhelming majority. It's six to three, right? Six to three conservative, um, which which a lot of Democrats and progressives don't like they don't they don't want it to have that kind of a ratio um and then the other thing too is that because last election um the uh the nomination and the confirmation never went through so now they're like you know hey well it shouldn't go through this time either um well because people think precedents are not presidents precedents are set the last time it happened this has happened many times before in history. I think, I think it's like 26 to 29 times it's been on an election year, a nominee has been confirmed as a Supreme Court justice. This is not a new concept yeah, in any yeah. capacity. And if anything, with the way that the, the Democratic Party has been talking about the Supreme Court justices, they want to pack the courts. They want to add more Supreme Court justices so that they can yeah. get a majority anyway. And that defeats the entire purpose. Yeah. If they and slap, honestly, on, and honestly, if they slap that, on additional judges and then they have the majority that way, then that's just, just cheating. Yeah. And honestly, um, they, you know, Biden and Kamala Harris were avoiding the question and avoiding answering the question because they, they didn't want to you know, Biden had said he doesn't want it to be on the news, doesn't want it to be the main, you know, thing there. And which it's really funny because news medias aren't saying anything bad about him or anything bad about anything he does. So why not just say it? Um, but uh, now you've got so many Democrats and so many uh, people on the on the left who are saying, just go ahead and pack the courts. Why not pack the courts? It's the right thing to pack the courts. It's actually, it, it is actually uh, preserving our democracy to pack the courts because there's not equal representation between the conservatives and the progressives in the, uh, in the Supreme Court now. And I'm, I'm realizing there's a theme here, okay? There's a theme of because there's not equal voting in the Supreme Court, right? It's not, which you can't have, you, you can't have uh, equal in a, in a nine seat court, right? Which um, is the point. 
which is the point. Yeah. Um, because there's not that equality there, then they have to fix it. They need to make it equal. They need to make it so that there's not as much of a majority in one, uh, in, in one party. Um, you, you are seeing that because it wasn't the popular vote to do this, that they shouldn't have done it. Uh, it wasn't the popular vote for Trump to be president. It wasn't the popular vote for us to have the electoral college. It's not the popular vote to it's, it's basing so many things off of the popular vote when we are not a pure democracy. We are not a majority a, overrules the minorities, you know? We are a constitutional republic that protects the minority vote. They, we protect the people who don't have as much individual power as everyone else. Exactly. And that's, that was the whole point when this all started. The states didn't want to be stripped of their power during voting. The, the states with the lower populations didn't want to be governed by the states with the high populations. And that's exactly the reason for the Electoral College. That's exactly right. the reason for the checks and balances that we have within government. And those powers are being exercised. We can't be mad that they're doing their job. Yeah. And, and on... And on the other side of it too, like the Affordable Care Act and Roe versus Wade, like when you when you look at the popular vote, of course the popular vote is going to be to keep the Affordable Care Act because the majority of the people who are benefiting from it are the majority of the people. Um, and you've got Roe versus Wade where if it was left to the majority of the people, they would decide uh, to just to uh, to just keep it what it was. Um, but that doesn't mean that it's the right thing to do. And it doesn't mean that it's the best way. And, and this is the utilitarian argument where what's best for the majority is the best for everyone. But that's a problem because then who becomes the majority? Who then we get mob rule. We get, well, there's more of us. So we're more important than you are. That's a problem. And that should right, be something right. that everyone is against. And I, don't, and I don't like saying the mob rule because I think people think that's an extreme. It, it, it's, a, it's a metaphor. Have you seen for, California right now? <laughs> yeah, well, with, all, yeah, with the riots and everything. But, but it, it's an extreme way of, of basically saying the other thing you said, that the, that the majority of us want it a certain way. And so, therefore, it should be that way. But that's not what America stands for. That's not, uh, I think that we need to value what is right over what is popular or what is successful over what is popular. And we need to value um, what is constitutional over what is popular. And honestly, you know, I, I don't, I don't like to be a conservative saying this as, as a conservative, but I would rather have more conservative people on a judging uh on a on a judging platform you know i'd rather have more conservative judges than more progressive judges you know i'd rather i'd rather have judges who want to maintain the law rather than create new laws if that makes sense see and um, for that reason uh this is something that that has been touched on by multiple people there's a difference between a uh a uh, advocate and an upholder of the law people who want to make new laws versus wanting to uphold the ones that are already in place and personally and we might disagree on this i would rather have progressive law makers and conservative judges that yeah. they like if we times change 
things happen all the time. There are new issues. There are new things to address. There are new kinds of people that want their voices heard. And I'm okay with that. I completely understand. And we should, in some capacity, change with the times. And that's why I would say they make the laws, but deciding how they, what they mean, deciding how they are implemented should go to people who are more restrained in letting other people take control. Right, right. Which is why I don't really have a problem with um, ACB being confirmed and put in, put as a as a Supreme Court judge. I I don't think that it's wrong, and I know that a lot of people a lot of people are afraid about their rights being taken away. When I don't think that they sh they need to be afraid, I don't think they should be afraid. Um, when it comes to what, what they what they define as rights, right, right, versus what are actual constitutional rights. I, I think with, uh, I mean, we've, we've spoken enough about abortion to, uh, for people to know where we stand with that. I think that, that we are both uh, united in believing that we need to protect the rights of the unborn child just as much as we protect the rights of the, the mother. Um, and it, it's so crazy to, to hear people say that everything that RBG did, RBG or RGB? think rbg uh, you're um, confusing me with the with the uh the acronyms sorry i know um but with the uh, justice who just passed away that that now with amy barrett taking her place that now everything that she had done is now undone um now that amy barrett has taken her place everything that ours rbg has done is now going to be undone and i think that that's just an unrealistic thing to believe um there's a lot of things that rbg had done that allowed amy barrett to become a supreme court justice uh i don't think that her agenda is to undo all the things that she has done i think it's unrealistic to believe that and i think that obviously she holds different views which is okay, and she is going to judge differently from her, which is also okay. Um, and and this is the difference between difference of opinion and an echo chamber. We don't want nine people up there saying the exact same thing. We want them to disagree because then disagreement leads to conversation and conversation leads to truth. And I don't think that even Amy Barrett will judge the same way as her other conservative judges. She, we already got, had gotten examples of her judging opposed to her own religious beliefs and her own preferences. Um, I think that she is a very intelligent, a very deserving woman uh, for this position. And, um, you know, I, I think that we need to move forward and, again, stay constitutional, stay stay fair and on and this was still a fair move um i know i said in another podcast that in another episode that i thought that this was unfair i only think it's unfair in the sense that this didn't happen last election and it's happening this election um but that was also before i realized that uh that there was no chance barack obama was going to have another term in office there's other factors that i just didn't consider so all in all, it's not unfair. It's not ultimately unfair. It was still a fair thing to do. Everybody was playing by the rules, um, by the constitutional rules, and it happened. It happened while Trump was president. So, you know, if somebody passes away while 
a Democratic president is there, I know for sure they're going to take advantage of that opportunity now. Um, and they have every constitutional right to do so. Uh, so, you know, on the Republican conservative side, we can't c cry and complain when they do it next time. And that's fine. Uh, but this threatening of packing the courts, um, that it is undermines something, the entire conversation. Yeah, that is something that even President Trump could do right now if he really wanted to. And he's not because I think he understands that that is an abuse of power. Um, so I guess and I we'll want to make this clear, too, because we and I think I would like to think that me and Adam do this pretty well, separating um, our our uh, religious views from what should be politically absolute in terms of like the judges. We care. A, we care less about the judges voting or deciding the way that we want them to based on what we believe and more about them being consistent especially in terms of the constitution. We want a judge that's going to uphold the law, a judge that's going to follow the constitution more than we would want one that just passes everything that we agree with. Because we don't, we would not want uh, a far left super progressive person to have that kind of power. We don't want, I don't want to say enemy, I don't want the people that we disagree with to have that kind of power. So why would we want it? We like, we want things to be fair. We want things to be just, we want things to be consistent. So knowing that we wouldn't want Trump to pack the courts, even if it put things in our favor, we wouldn't want a super conservative judge. That's only ever going to uh, vote in that respect. We want it to be fair. We want it to be justified. Yeah. And, uh, and and honestly, we would understand an outrage if this was someone who seemed really shady and um, wasn't such an outstanding and upstanding kind of person. But she Amy is. Barrett really is like she she knows her stuff and she seems very qualified and she seems very ready, willing and able to uh, hold this position. It's what she's been working towards. Um, I think women should be excited about her taking the place of rbg and i think that uh they should be proud of her instead of seeing her as a threat to their rights you know i just i just think that our country needs to be a little bit more proud of this of this woman and this mother and this uh american success story and not try to be so uh doom and gloom about it so that's so that's my take that on it this is something we've seen from uh, Democratic politicians before where it's like, we support women. We support African-Americans, just not theirs, yeah, just not their yeah. women, just not their African-American politicians. But it, it's, it's, it's all just a front. It's all just how can they get people on their side? And I'm not going to say that the, that the Republican Party doesn't do it, too. They do a lot. And, but the things that they do it for are Christianity they'll appeal to people's religious beliefs and say, well, I'm a Christian too, so you should vote for me. And sometimes it's not true. I'm, I won't speak to their soul. Only God can see their heart, but I would not put it past uh, a lot of politicians who will use religion, who will use race, who will use uh, gender as a reason to get people to vote for them as the that, only reason without actually looking at policies or beliefs. Yeah. That's, and that's something that we've seen during this election and, and, Honestly, we can't allow that to um, 
we we can't allow we cannot allow political parties to divide the body of Christ. Um, we, we need to remember that we as the body of Christ and we as Christians should remain a family, even if we have differences and opinions about politics, because the, the politicians are trying to grab at us and divide us uh, by saying, you know, by saying things like Jesus was socialist or saying things like would, would Jesus really want to take away um, the, uh, the, uh, healthcare for everyone. Didn't he want to save everyone? Didn't he want to heal the sick? Um, and then on the other side, uh, the Christians saying that, you know, if you're, if you're a Christian, then you should vote for Trump because he wants to save the babies and he wants to, uh, keep churches open and give you your freedom of religion and all these different things, you know, and again, we can't make claims to are, their hearts. Only God can see their hearts. But. Yeah, politics are politics, and both sides will abuse the messages of the Bible for their own gain. I I saw it on the Republican side. The guy the guy was saying um, during a Trump rally. It wasn't Trump who said this, but it was someone else. Um, he basically said that uh, a vote for Trump will keep God in your life. If you want to, if you want God to remain in your life, then vote for Trump. Uh, speaking to him, keeping the churches open. I assure you, whether you believe in him or not, whether you vote for Trump or not, God is real and God is in your life regardless. Um, but <laughs> it was and all it those was, people who claim, I, I wouldn't say that Christ was non-violent. I would say he didn't want to, nor did he physically hurt anyone. But when you ask yourself, honest to God, what would Jesus do? And I think I've said this before, flipping tables and whipping people is an option. Well, and I, I've, I've, I've been, uh, you know, Occupy Democrats has been a, a little bit more vocal about Christians. I think, I think they're trying to really catch the Christian vote or at least the Christian's eyes. Um, and, and then also with current news, I don't know if you know, knew this, but the Pope um, basically um, condones now gay marriage, um, which is crazy Pope in particular me. has been really liberal since the beginning of his, uh, his term. Yeah, I'm, and you know, we'll, we'll probably talk at depth uh, on this in the future, but the Bible says that homosexuality is a sin. Um, the Bible says to hate the sin and love the sinner. So we are not saying that we uh, hate homosexuals or that we um, can't be friends with homosexuals or any of that, that stuff. Or even that homosexuals cannot be Christians. Right, it's a matter right. of hating homosexuality, the yeah. sin itself. And, and it, does, it does say in the Bible that um, among the liars and the thieves and the and the adulterers that the homosexuals are also in that mix of people who will not inherit the kingdom of God. And I don't believe that that means that people who have committed acts of, of homosexuality or people who have committed acts of theft or committed acts of adultery or, or lying or any of that, that they won't inherit the kingdom of God. I think it, it's speaking more to the people who have made that their identity. Uh, they've made it their identity to be liars. They've made it their identity to be thieves. And for those people who have made it their identity to be homosexual, I, I, I believe the Bible speaks very clearly that um, 
that that is not showing a true relationship with with God. I think it's one thing for someone to say, I struggle with homosexuality. I have these feelings. I have these desires. And I, um, I don't want to act upon them because the Bible speaks against it. And I think it's another thing for, for someone to say, I am a homosexual. I'm going to live this lifestyle. I am going to accept myself and my feelings within myself. And, and God accepts me for who I am. And God is condoning it. And he is love and he is all these things. And because he is love, he's obviously going to accept me into heaven because I love um, with a homosexual love or whatever, you know? Um, and I just don't think that they are, I, I just, I just don't think they're understanding what, what the word of God is saying when it speaks to those things. And this is a conversation I had, uh, relatively recently, uh, where somebody asked me, so if, uh, somebody is bi, somebody is homosexual, somebody is a murderer, someone is this, that, and the other thing, what what has to change or what distinguishes them from any other sinner in terms of Christianity? And thinking about it more, it has to do with what you identify as. And that's a real that's not exactly a controversial thing there, but it's a confusing thing to say. Because if someone asked me, what are you? Like what are the top three things that you identify as? If you ask somebody that the first one, and this is like, this is where the controversial comes in. The first thing they say is what they think they are. And the first thing that I think me and Adam would say is Christian. In order, I believe myself to be a Christian, a man, and an American in that order. And as my life goes on, those may change. But Christian will always be at the top. That is what I identify as, and that is what identifies me now people who identify well i'm gay first i'm homosexual i'm uh, bi first i'm african-american first i'm white first i'm american first even even being american first above god isn't right that is not according to the christian faith we are christian first we are god's creations yeah and that that recognition is just I think, you know what I mean? Yeah, I think anything we put above Christ is uh, is a stumbling block, and it is an idol. It's an idol. It's a false idol. Um, anything we put above our relationship with God and Christ and any truth that we accept that is other than the truth of God's word is, uh, is a false truth. So um, when it comes to things like, like abortion or homosexuality or socialism or any of these ideas or thoughts that do not coincide with God's word, you look at social socialism that doesn't line up with, with the parable of the, the talents that doesn't line up with the parable of the laborers or the sowing of the seeds. Uh, it matters what you put in because what you put in is going to be what comes out and you yield the fruit of the things that you sow of the things that you do. You yield the fruit of the things that you invest in, right? how how good a steward you were uh when it when it comes to the work that you do um so, so sh socialism doesn't really line up with the teachings of christ i don't think capitalism does either um i don't think that christ was proactively you know go out and make your own business and everything um i don't think it was the same economics time. question but it was just a matter of 
trying to show people it's, it's not that what you produce is your worth, but if you don't try to do so, like again, the parable of the talents, he hid it away and then he brought his master exactly what his master had given him. And he said, see, I didn't lose any of it, but you didn't make any either. Yeah. So what did you there was risk that? with investing, right? There's risk with doing that, but he took the risk and obviously he was um, more happy with the people that took the risk and had more return on investment than the, than the man who didn't. Um, so I don't think that Jesus was proactively socialist or proactively capitalist. He spoke to things that were more on being a good steward of the things that God gave you and, uh, for giving to people out of yourself, what God has given you. And that being an individual mandate, not something that a government should be partaking in when it comes to the government, they are there to, uh, bring the sword down on those who do evil and those who are going against the law. Um, when it comes to abortion, we are told in the Bible that, uh, that children in the womb, uh, are being crafted by God, that they are, that they are being, their lives are being planned out by God, that God has thoughts about them. And obviously from anecdotal experience, um, for mothers who, have feelings and relationships with the child that they are, that they are, um, giving birth to, um, that is life, you know? And again, as a believer, I think that life begins at conception, but as a human being, I say, if that thing has a heartbeat and it's, and it's coming from human beings that that's a life, you know, I think scientifically we can set some sort of standard that is not just when it comes out of the womb. But when it is growing in the womb, we can we can say that it's life and it not be based off of our religion, but based off of us being team human being. And when it comes to uh, homosexuality, the Bible explicitly says that a man laying with a man or a woman laying with a woman is sinful. It's not what God has created us to do. Obviously, you can do it. You're capable of doing it and you have the free will and choice to do things like that, but it is considered a sin. And if you Just make because it you your, can do something doesn't make it right. Right. And and if you make that your identity and you say that it is true, that it is right for me to do this, I am right in doing this. It is a right kind of love. It is a godly kind of love. Then that is not what the truth actually is, at least according to the Bible. And that's what it means to carry out a calling from God. If God calls you to do something and he tells you set all of this aside and that's what he's, that's what he's called us to do. If he speaks to our heart, if he moves us in a way that glorifies him, set everything else aside because when it comes down to it, you are my tool, my, uh, you bring glory to me, to God. So put everything else aside, everything that glorifies you set it aside, everything that makes you, makes your flesh happy, set it aside, set it aside. And not to say that we don't have identities, you know, God still has given us, um, given us, uh, individual identity, right. But our identity is still in the, in the, um, umbrella of who God has called us to be. Andrew is Andrew. Adam is Adam. You know, we both have our own personalities, the way that God has made us, the callings that God has given us, um, different skills and different things, different enjoyment and different things, different fulfillments and different things. 
Um, and God is using us in those things. God's using me in fitness. God's using Andrew in gun shooting and knife collecting, you know? Um, so it, it's, it, God is using us in those different ways because I don't know how to freaking even open a knife half the time. Um, and the last I, time we took him out shooting, he had a big old bruise on his shoulder cause he couldn't hold the gun. Right. Right. You know, and I'm not a bad shot, but I'm also, I'm not as good a shot as Andrew. Um, so you know, God is using us in those different ways. Um, so not that God doesn't use our individuality for his own glory, but we are used for his glory, not for our own. We shouldn't be using ourselves for our own glory. Um, so tying this back to, to the politics of everything, people are going to try to use our Christianity for the glory of the Republican Party, for the glory of the Democratic Party, for the glory of whatever agenda each one has. And as much as people don't like to admit it, each side has an agenda, of course, 100%. Um, our agenda needs to be the agenda of Christ and the agenda of us answering our own calling. And, and whatever people, that looks like, whether yeah, that whatever, is the Republican Party or the Democratic Party, whatever the individual policies are, that has to be our goal, not Absolutely. red versus blue, not conservative versus liberal. It has to be for the glory of God. And I 100% believe that God has, and the Holy Spirit has given some Christians the conviction to vote Republican and some Christians the convictions to, to vote Democrat. Um, and that in, in different areas of the world, different governors, different states, uh, different parts of America, that he has called everybody um, to to vote differently. I don't believe every single Christian is called to vote one way uh, because of those convictions that he's given each and every one of us. I don't believe that because you are a Christian, you should vote one way. I believe you need to do what you feel called to do because ultimately, I don't think God cares. Um, well, I, don't, I think he does care, but ultimately our calling will not change. We are We are called to do the exact same thing no matter who is president. Um, and after listening to the last debate, um, you know, I, I think, I think it went better, <laughs> but I still don't know who's going to end up winning. Um, I still, somebody asked me today, do you think Donald Trump's going to win? Do you think he's going to win the election? Um, and honestly, my, my answer is, I don't know. I don't know if he's going to win. I would be very surprised if he did. I don't feel that same way about Biden. I would not be surprised if Biden won. I would be very surprised if Trump did because you've got so many celebrities and so much media, so many athletes, so many influencers who are encouraging so many people to vote Biden. And if Trump were to win, I would just be shocked. I honestly would be. I know there's a lot of people who think that the Democrats and the far left and Kamala Harris and Biden are just crazy. I don't, I don't feel the same way about it, but like, I just think there's They're the ones so who are much identity politics. The ones saying Biden quote unquote, if you don't vote for me, you ain't black. They're the ones who are the, and the, the actors, the celebrities, they're playing on people's identities. The same things that we said before, all of those identities that you identify yourself as, they're important. They're part of who you are. But you should be able to cast all of those aside to put God first. And if, yeah. and if you're listening to this and you're not a Christian, 
keep that still keep that in mind where your identities can be played against you yeah you identify yourself as what you hold dear can still be played against you if you follow them blindly yeah and and we've seen a lot of that during this election um so as people are deciding who they want to vote for um you know both sides are not perfect both sides have pros and cons both sides have lied in one way or another or have fibbed the truth um taken things out of context not um, answered important questions not answered important questions change their answers you know mm-hmm. the whole fracking non-fracking trump trump pushed him this debate and got him to admit that he wants to you know do away with fracking um but uh ultimately you need to ask the question what is going to happen in the next four years and what do you think would be best for the country and for america in the next four years and that's that's how you need to vote so with that i think uh i think it's a good place to end the podcast um andrew you got any other final thoughts i i want to say that whatever's going to happen is what's going to happen but i also know what happened last election where trump won and people took to the streets and then they blame Trump for it. And I want to say right now to anyone listening to this, I don't care who wins. If Biden wins and you're conservative, you voted Republican, don't retaliate. Accept that he's the president now and continue your calling. Continue living in this country. This country, again, I said number two, or no, number three, I'm an American. I love this country. And I know that there are checks and balances. I know that there are, we swing one way and then we swing the other. Know that in the long run, it will affect us. But in the sense of our walk with God, it doesn't matter. Absolutely. Guys, if you enjoyed this podcast episode, be sure to give us a five-star rating and review and to subscribe so you'll be notified when we get uh, new episodes out to you. Visit our website, www.thecastbros.com. Visit our Instagram, at thecastbros. Uh, And until next time. Take care now. Bye-bye then.